We don't often um, use the lectionary readings here at St Philip's, um, which are the readings that um, lots of churches around Australia and around the world um, use each Sunday. But we decided um, some weeks ago that um, we would use the lectionary readings, those readings that have been chosen for the church throughout the world um, through Advent this year. So those readings we've heard are the lectionary readings that lots of churches around Australia, around the world, are hearing today. We're into December and many of us are asking the question of where this year has gone. We're realising that Christmas is just around the corner and that it will come whether we're ready or not. We know when, when Christmas will come, unlike what our passage today is talking about. You might find that helpful to um, have the passage um, that Jane read to us from Matthew open in front of you. I think it was page 100, um, 806, Matthew 24, verses 36 to 44. starts with a verse about no one except the Father, knowing the day or the hour that the Son of Man will return. This is an event that will surely happen, but which this verse tells us only the Father knows when it will happen. It also is a verse that frames our passage. This is not about trying to work out when it will happen, but rather about being ready at all times knowing that it will happen. Imagine if you didn't know when Christmas was, Christmas as we celebrate it in our culture, but that where you knew that it would come and that you needed to be ready whenever it did. How would you be prepared? Perhaps a ham or turkey on hand, presents ready, decorations up, the house clean. It's a bit of a ridiculous thought in some ways, but it does give us a sense of the type of readiness that this passage is encouraging us towards. A readiness that knows that Jesus will come back and that we need to be ready when that happens. But a readiness that doesn't have a particular sense of when that will happen. The passage then moves on to talking about the days of Noah. According to the passage, the people in the days of Noah were getting on with living life, a life that was focused on the everyday things of life and not paying attention to God or what he might be doing or saying. And then suddenly, in a way that they were not prepared for, came a flood that swept them all away. They weren't prepared and as such, the event of the flood was a catastrophic event for them. That's the sense here, the lack of preparation and the suddenness of what came. We then move on to two men in fields and two women grinding meal. In each example, there are two people in the same situation and it describes that one will be taken and that one will be left. Again, the focus is not on the details, but rather on the same life situation, the suddenness of what will happen and the sharp distinction of what will happen to different people. And then in verse 42, 
we come back to a statement of what we should do given that we don't know on what day our Lord is coming. It says that we should keep awake or in some other versions, stay watchful. Then we move to a picture of a homeowner and a thief. If the homeowner knew when the thief was coming, he would stay awake and not let his house be broken into. And just like this homeowner would stay awake if he knew when the thief would come, we need to stay awake and be ready at all times because we do not know when the Son of Man is going to come. It's a simple message, really, explored using different analogies and from different angles. We don't know when Jesus will come, but come again, he surely will. We do know that it will be sudden and unexpected, and therefore we need to be awake and ready for that day. So what does that mean for us today, and what does it look like? Wanting to help us reflect um, on three things that stem from this passage today. Don't be distracted, be awake and ready, and be expectant together. Don't be distracted, be awake and ready, and be expectant together. Firstly, don't be distracted. Our passage starts by saying that no one knows the day and hour when Jesus will return. But people then and people down the ages have paid so much attention to this thing that we've been clearly told that no one knows. What a distraction. And how like us, the very thing that Jesus is saying not to pay attention to is the very thing that so often we do pay attention to. And in the process, we lose track of the things he's actually calling us to. A good friend replied to a text from me earlier in the week saying, don't go chasing butterflies. It's a bit ironic for those of you who know that butterflies are a bit significant for me and I love them, but clearly this friend doesn't know that. What she was actually saying when she was saying, don't go chasing butterflies, was don't get distracted by things that flutter Keep focused on what God has for you. And in our culture, we're probably less likely to be distracted by trying to work out the day or hour that Jesus might come, but being distracted by things that mean that we're not paying attention to being ready and awake for Jesus' return is certainly a very real temptation for us. I suspect, though, that for most of us, we're a bit more like the people in the days of Noah. Getting on with the things of life, the eating and the drinking, the marrying and the giving in marriage, as the passage says. For us, the work, the sport, the study, the shopping, the swimming, the eating, the sleeping. None of them bad things, and each of them gifts from God but things that so easily consume us and distract us from being awake and ready for the return of the Lord Jesus. So I want to ask us to reflect today. What is it that's distracting you from being focused on being awake and ready for the return of Jesus? It might be an intense preoccupation with a particular thing. 
but I suspect for most of us, it's the more general preoccupation with the everyday things of life. The second thing that I'm keen for us to reflect on is the main point of this passage. Be awake and ready. As you can imagine, it's been interesting to be considering this piece of scripture through the week as we've heard about Liz Parry's fall and death. I imagine some of your minds have gone to that as we've heard the passage read and as we've been considering it already this morning. Certainly there is the type of suddenness and unexpectedness as we read of in this passage in Liz's passing. And we grieve in the midst of that. And we wonder about the timing of it. But as I've talked and prayed this week with people from a number of contexts of Liz's life, there's been a strong sense of her readiness to meet her Lord in the way that this passage refers to. In so many ways, she lived with the kind of constant readiness and alertness that Jesus is exhorting us to here. So what does that readiness look like, this alertness? Don't know about you, but for me, it's so easy to default to thinking that this is about doing good things and fixing myself up. The kind of crazy running around that has become part of pre-Christmas in our culture. But only on a bigger scale and both external and internal getting ready. But is this the kind of readiness that's being talked about here? I don't think so. What's being talked about definitely has an active sense to it. There's no passivity here. We're being urged to an active readiness, an active watchfulness, an active alertness. But active to what? What means that we're, re- we're in a place to be ready for the coming of our Lord? It's living trusting in Jesus. Trusting that what he has done means that we're ready for him to return. Trusting that what he has done is enough. Living trusting in Jesus, trusting that what he has done means that we're ready for him to return, trusting that what he has done is enough. And as we trust in Jesus, we find ourselves on about the business of our Lord and King. That's what it looks like to be ready for our Lord. Trusting in Jesus, having him at the centre, and living our lives in ways that are about him and his kingdom. Events like sudden deaths of those around us so often make us evaluate how we're living, and for Christians, makes us ponder whether we're ready to meet Jesus and whether we're living with him at the centre of our lives, whether we're living our lives on about our master's business. That's been the case for a number of my friends and associates recently as they've pondered some of the deaths of those around them, particularly the sudden death of a key leader and mentor in their lives. Many of these people are in their 40s and 50s and they've been focused and distracted 
by many of the things of this world. Not in a way mostly where Jesus hasn't been part of their life, but in a way that potentially um, has had them not living as fully with him in the centre as he would call them to. They've been chasing after other things, living their life with other priorities and drifting along, focused on the various so-called necessities of life. They've had a sharp awakening to the kind of readiness that this passage from Matthew speaks of. And then they're in the process of pondering what it would look like to adjust their lives so that they're living more fully in the state of constant readiness for the return of our Lord that this passage speaks of. So often as we talk about this kind of constant readiness, we reflect on it in a bigger picture way, like I've been talking about. But a detail about this passage that struck me this week is the use of the word hour. In the first verse, in verse 36, we hear that no one knows the day and hour of our Lord's return. And in verse 44, we must be ready for the Son of Man is coming at an unexpected hour. I've been reminded of what readiness in the more day-to-day ways of our life looks like. Not only are we urged to live ready for the return of Jesus in the bigger picture sense of our lives, but also in the minute-by-minute, hour-by-hour sense. Will Jesus find us ready, trusting in him and living for his kingdom in the hour that he comes? Are our lives and decisions made trusting in Jesus and being on about his kingdom, both in the bigger directions of our lives and also in the minute-by-minute, hour-by-hour decisions of our lives? The other thing that struck me this week is the sense of learning to be ready that's in this passage. We don't quite get the sense of it in our English translation, but in verse 44, there's a sense of be becoming people who are ready. Again, here's the active sense of work at being a ready people. And also keep being shaped by God to be people who are ready. For you, what will it look like to take this urging of Jesus seriously? What will it look like to keep awake and be ready for his return? What does it look like today and this week? So often when we think about this kind of thing, as people who are in individualistic Australia, we think of me, myself, needing to be ready. And that's certainly true. But it's interesting that in this passage, the command at the end to be ready is a communal one. We're called to together become a ready people. And that's the third thing I wanted us to reflect on today. We're called to be expectant for Jesus' return together. In other places in the New Testament, we're called to spur one another on to love and good deeds. And likewise, we're called to together be formed into people who are ready for Jesus' return. We can't do this alone and we're not created 
to do it alone. As we seek to be people who are ready for Jesus' return, let's do it together. Let's trust Jesus together and let's together be on about the things of his kingdom. So as we head into this Christmas season and as we grieve together, um, as we um, prepare for the birth of Jesus and also as we participate in the many other aspects of Christmas in our culture, let's reflect on what it is to prepare for the return of Jesus. Let's be active in our endeavour to be found as people who are not distracted but rather ready together for Jesus' return.